Hello and welcome back to the Ronnie Deutsch Tax Program. On the line is Paul from California. Hi, Paul. What's your tax problem today? Hi, Ronnie. Love your show. Listen, I've got a big problem. You see, my paycheck was garnished last week, and I'm only getting half the normal amount. To make matters worse, the IRS froze my bank account. Listen, I'm embarrassed and scared. I need some help. Listen, Paul, you don't need to feel embarrassed. You just need some tax help. And the great news is the IRS has some unbelievable programs that can eliminate your tax debt so you don't have to worry about having your paycheck garnished or your bank levied. Doesn't that sound great? It sure does, Ronnie. Then do yourself a huge favor and get a free consultation right now and tell them the tax lady sent you. 855-717-6901. That's 855-717-6901. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Zoom to bring us this week in TV History. Tony segment, as always, brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly-performing live storytelling ensemble. Ordinarily, live shows every Wednesday in Valley Village, although even during this period of sheltering in place, uh, there is some story sharing via Zoom, I understand, correct? Actually, we're doing it on Facebook. Uh, We are just having people tell their stories, record it on their phone, and upload it on their Facebook page, on our Facebook page, the Story Salon Facebook page. And so it, it is kind of fun. We want to make it as simple as possible so people just have to log in uh, and uh, watch the stories. It's kind of cool to see people's homes, backyards. Some people are starting to get a little fancy with the uh, post-production of their stories. And pets. Do not forget about <laughs> pets. Yes. Lots of pet cameos. Well, no, I mean, we, we're, I was joking with Donna before you joined the Zoom room, Tony. We've had a number of animal friends make cameo appearances uh, on our various interviews. So, so this this is the first time one of your uh, feline companions joined us as part of this yeah. week in TV history. I, I have one that makes constant appearances. I think she's kind of gotten over the novelty of it. Uh, <laughs> but she would, uh, for a while, I would be taking a class, I'd be in a conference or something like that, and she would just come up right next to me and just kind of slap my face with her paw or... Uh, want to rub uh, the top of her head on my chin while I'm trying to make an important point on something. And then, you know, in the Zoom meeting, in the chat, people would say, oh, I love your cat. Yeah. So, um, but she, yeah, she would do that. Donna has, uh, uh, let's see, a different cat sometimes. But people have also noticed that there's a cat that's walking across my screen. And then a minute later, the same cat is walking across Donna's screen when we're on separate screens. And, and some people don't realize that we're actually in the same room just 20 feet apart. People are stopping. Like, Wait, is that the same cat? But it is funny when you watch the news and you see kids in the background, you see pets in the background. About uh, kind of humanizes everyone. Oh, I yeah, like that. Yeah. Yes, it does. Very, very much so. About, about 25 years ago, this was a five-year long-term live-in relationship, and she had she had two cats, two Persians from the same litter, Bogey and Bacall. Uh, Bacall was short-haired. Bogey was long-haired. Bacall liked to climb onto my lap 
when I work from home, I, I like to have the keyboard on my lap because it's better for you know, prevent carpal tunnel and all that stuff. And she always managed to snuggle into the space between the keyboard and and my belly. So uh, mm-hmm. and and she would stay there for remarkably long periods of time. And I've lived with enough cats to know that you can take them off, but they'll just pop back on. So. We got. We had a little thing going. Yeah. They, they do that. Affection. They want love and affection, and they want it now. In the meantime, you can see. Well, I guess I was going to call them virtual stories. They're not virtual stories. They're just stories posted on at uh, facebook.com forward slash story salon. Exactly. So, uh, it, it's interesting. We're we're doing shorter stories. Where you know normally it's five to seven minutes. You know we're we're asking everyone just to keep it down to three. And it is kind of cool because some of these stories are, are very well written. Some of them, you can tell they're a little bit more stream of consciousness. But it is kind of cool. To, first of all, I think it's important that we see everybody. Yeah. You know, it's important to see, you know, faces, familiar faces, all that, to see that they're doing okay. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of fun to see, like I said, their homes, their backyards, their pets. Uh, their, however they want to tell their story. And I've enjoyed being able to enjoy stories from people who have left the Los Angeles area. There are other parts of the country now. They have been able to participate. So that that's also been a nice perk of doing this uh, on Facebook. Yes, facebook.com forward slash story salon. Since we last got together via Zoom, several icons have left us. Yeah. Uh, it, it is rather sad that, I mean, these are people that uh, we've known, that we've grown up with, that have been invited into our homes, and uh, you know, sometimes they, some of them are very hard to say goodbye to. On the flip side, since some of the people that we lost uh, recently were very funny people, you know, even though you're very sad that they're gone, you can't help but laugh because that's all they've ever given us, you know, the, I mean, that's really their gift to us so uh it, especially when you think of like fred willard and uh, and jerry stiller uh i mean i go to youtube and you know you can't help but start laughing at some of some of the highlights of what they have done but first and speaking of funny people who recently left us jerry stiller passed away this past monday may 11th when i posted the obituary on facebook i basically said long before he became known as quote unquote ben's dad you know he and ann mara were one of the top comedy teams in the business and you know like a lot of us i looked up things on youtube i mean i remember seeing them on the ed sullivan show and pretty much every comedy variety hour of the 60s and 70s this goes back to quote-unquote Ben's dad. There was a routine that they did on the Ed Sullivan show. It had to do with dating. And this, in this one particular camera angle, Jerry's profile, you know, dialoguing with Ann. And if you did a freeze frame with Jerry in profile, looks just like Ben. Uh-huh. Remarkably, remarkably. So it's like, yeah, wow. Yeah, if you look at like like Ed Sullivan time period, yeah. 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 And I never thought of Jerry Stiller as handsome. I thought of him just as Jerry Stiller and as funny. But in that profile shot, when I see the resemblance of Ben, it's like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. When I was looking up to, you know, to find photos and stuff like that, especially in their youth, I mean, she was quite beautiful. Yes. And uh, she always plays comedic characters, but you see some of the publicity photos of them where they're all dressed up, you know, looking. I mean, she was beautiful. 
she like I said, she had to, she played all these crazy characters in in, uh, in sitcoms and and on stage. But yeah, they made a handsome couple when they were very very young. And you said you know like you said before Ben's dad, I remember having a conversation with a family, mom, dad, teenage daughters, and uh, it was after the success of Meet the Parents, and they announced that there was going to be a sequel, and the sequel was called Meet the Fockers. <laughs> <laughs> and they had not announced who was going to play the parents. And all of the grown-ups were speculating, are they going to use Ben Stiller's parents to play, you know, Gaylord Fokker's parents in the movie? And the teenage daughter is going, Ben Stiller's parents are famous? <laughs> and I was trying to explain, and sometimes I have a little trouble with this, I said, yes, they were a comedy team called Stiller and Mira, and they were very big, especially on the Ed Sullivan show, and I got this look, like, what are you talking about? I said, they were just as big as Nichols and May, and again, nothing, you know, no reaction, nothing, you know, going on. I mean, there's a whole generation that that is, doesn't exist. Donna. Yeah, Tony, you're old. <laughs> yeah. That is... No, I love seeing Stella Mira on Ed Sullivan. My favorite, my favorite routine was he was the reporter, she was the housewife, usually on the uh, looked like the stoop of a New York brownstone. And those were just the fun. Even as a tiny little kid, I appreciated the comedy. I remember laughing out loud, and this was something very adult that I could understand. And I remember years later when I started seeing them separately. It was odd for me not to see them together. Yeah. Later in life, they became, you could look at them as two separate actors. And Anne Mears' drama was fantastic. I mean, I adored her on uh, Sex and the City. Yeah, a comedy with some very nice dramatic moments. I just saw her on something recently. Oh. She was a guest star on Law and Order SVU. SVU. Yeah. I mean, she was fantastic. And then Jerry, um, good Lord. <laughs> what, what can you say? I mean, just. Jerry, I think, was the last of the actors that could play, let's say, the good guy, but get totally pissed off. I mean, just of a nuclear level, uh, because I, as we progress, we, I don't think we can see the good guys lose it completely like that every, you know. Uh, anymore. I mean, in the old days, we had Jackie Gleason, and uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, even you know, even Carl Reiner as Alan Brady, yeah. or you know, Frank Sutton, or or uh, Carol O'Connor as Archie Bunk. You love to see these guys get angry and blow their top. Um, and I think he was the last that really could get away with it and pull it off beautifully. I mean, you see him in some of the episodes of Seinfeld where he is. You know, slapping uh, Jason Alexander, you know, on his bald head, just pop, you know, right, right up there. I'm making a gesture like anybody can see yes. it. Yes. You know, and just, you know, and I had seen uh, in interviews where he's talking. You know, Jason Alexander said, you know, don't be afraid to slap me. You know, just, and he could do it and get away with it, uh, because I don't think, you know, nowadays you could, you could be the villain and be angry and possibly prone to violence but you can't be the good guy to do that anymore it you just, just happen. you just explained the appeal of frank costanza in a nutshell because yeah the, the thing about and i never 
I never put this together until you just laid it out for me five seconds ago, Tony. But I loved watching Jerry Stiller in Seinfeld. I mean, I watched him occasionally in King of Queens, but I watched Seinfeld more than I did the other. And while it was fun for me to see Jerry Stiller on television again, it always bugged me that Frank, like George, always yelled his lines. Always yelled. But... When you explain it in terms of the slow burn, frustration, mm-hmm. urban anxiety, or just the fact that his son is is his son. Uh, his son is a perpetual disappointment to him. It's like that slow burn comes out and you can, and, and that, and I don't know whether the, the, the Frank yelling all the time was written into the script or, or something that came out of Jerry, but I can, but that makes a lot, that makes total sense to me. You know, and, and in that role, you know, originally the the role was played by John Randolph. That's right. And then uh, they decided to re-record for syndication the episodes that John Randolph was in and have Jerry Stiller redo those scenes. Uh, but the original idea that that uh, Larry David had is because uh, who, who played his wife? Not Estelle Parsons. Estelle Harris. Yeah. She was so loud. She had that voice that was so loud you know, and just hit those pitches that originally Larry David said, well, we don't want you to compete with that. You know, that they want you to have this certain level. And then the two of them were just vamping between scenes, just trying, you know, just playing around with dialogue, having some fun. And then he decided that he was going to blow his top, you know, (laughs) while they were just goofing around, you know, playing around with the dialogue. And everyone stopped and said, that's it. You got to do that. You know, but it, so it was him that came up with that whole bit because that wasn't the direction that uh, Frank Costanza was going to go. You know, when he died, I mentioned to Donna that there was an anthology series called Tales from the Dark Side. And uh, it was first run syndication here in L.A. They used to show it like at 11 o'clock uh, on one of the independent channels. Mm-hmm. So after the 10 o'clock news, um, they would have it and it you know had the same vibe as the twilight zone or the outer limits he did one which was a solo performance and it was very heavy he was a radio talk show host at the time and this was at the time that you had people like wally george mm-hmm. and morton downey jr that people would call up and he would basically call him an idiot uh and the the show host was or the show was called the devil's advocate so whatever people would call he would argue against them and throw you know uh an insult and then all of a sudden uh during the nightly broadcast he starts getting calls from different time periods and it's like you know strange that he's getting a call from the dakota territory <laughs> yeah, and he's going you know north and south dakota they're you know our states you moron and he's going and then slowly he's evolving into this demon and like this is his penance it's his eternity and it's very heavy and it's very dark and he was so good at it but it was just him and voices you know the voices of the callers and that was it is this series available any place that's i would uh, hope so because they did a lot of really cool stuff i seem to remember the series just not any individual episodes yeah Yeah. and it was very twilight zoney except for there was no narration at the beginning and the end and some of them were a little more humorous than others and speaking of which he did one with ann mira and I'm not sure who played their kids, but they were a family of werewolves living in America. So they were immigrants. So mom and dad, which was Ben Stiller, I mean, Jerry Stiller and Anne Mary, 
they had, you know, like this Slavic accent and they had, you know, American kids and they had, you know, an adult daughter who announced that she found somebody that she fell in love with and they're going to get married. And of course, they wanted to make sure that she married a werewolf and she was marrying a were hyena. Uh, but yes, you know, wolves are hunters and hyenas are scavengers. So, you know, how could he provide? But uh, the other bit was that they were having jogger. They killed a jogger in the middle of the night and he's in the fridge. <laughs> so it was the following morning. And, you know, you know, overnight, you know, that jogger is great for sandwiches. Uh, so so it, it is that, you know, it's the bit where they open the fridge and the joggers all mangled inside yeah. uh, the fridge and, and they're having jogger sandwiches and he's thrilled. But it is, you know, kind of that working class immigrant character that they were playing and just their disappointment that, you know. Uh, yeah, so if you could find it, it was very funny. But I remember Anne Mir for a while had a reoccurring character on Rhoda. And there was an episode where Jerry Stiller played. Yeah, she played a flight attendant. I think there were still stewardesses. And there was an episode where her ex-husband comes back, and it's Jerry Stiller. And so, I mean, they're the episode. And it's very fun. And I don't remember the line. Uh, I'm sure it, it was something, you know, sexually charged. But it was like, uh, you know, he could find Miami in the fog, but he can't find, you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, early 70s, and uh, there was another, she had a, a regular, she was a regular on Archie Bunker's place. That's right. You know, when that's yes. when she played um, Veronica, she was the cook. And there were several stories that centered around Veronica that were very heavy dealing with her drinking. Because the character was always drinking, but then that became a problem. And there was uh, an episode where Archie was ready to fire her because she couldn't stop drinking, you know, basically... You know, she wouldn't want to have a drink in the kitchen. And he said, fine. You know, he brought her a bottle of scotch and said, you're fired. No, you can take this and go, you know, drink in the gutter. She she got help through AA. And then that was kind of a story. Like, And then her ex-husband comes back. And he gets her to start drinking again. And the ex-husband is uh, Jerry Stiller. It was a very heavy, dark episode. I mean, it was not a lot of laughs in that episode, but the two of them pulled it off so well. You know, just when I saw it when I was a teenager, when that episode aired, it's like, I always expect these two to be funny together. Yeah. Yeah. And I could, you know, it's like kind of, wow, this, this was really, really, really heavy. So, I mean, they were, it was great together. But I always find it funny that the, you know, twice, at least that I know of, he's played the ex-husband. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Zoom as we remember actor and comedian Jerry Stiller as part of this week in TV history. We'll take a quick time out, then we'll talk some more with Tony and Donna when we come back on TV Confidential. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, call and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made to get you out of your timeshare. Make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-715-6093. 
That's 800-715-6093. Hi, this is Rhonda Shear, and you're staying up all night or day with TV Confidential. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 866-490-3991-866-490-3991-866-490-3991. Hi, this is Joyce Bullisant. You're listening to TV Confidential. Uber is the mobile app that connects you with a driver for immediate transportation. Request a ride at the tap of a button and you have a driver curbside in minutes. You can choose to be driven in a black car, SUV, or you can choose UberX, the low-cost Uber for a ride in a hybrid or mid-range car. Payment is seamless and cashless, billed to your card on file with no need to tip. Enter the promo code TVCONFIDENTIAL after you download the app to receive a free first ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash go forward slash TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.